Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow. And we're going to open this episode with a quote. And it goes a little something like this. No one can tell me that if it had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesters yesterday, that they wouldn't have been treated very differently than the mob that stormed the Capitol. We all know that's true. And it's unacceptable. That was a quote from Joe Biden, uh, as per his Twitter last Thursday. Uh, Welcome back, Black and Yellow Nation. (laughs) With that being said. (sighs) We lived through what felt like the longest first week of a year, of a new year ever. Yeah, it it had just felt like everything that maybe people had hopes for or like the momentum of the new year, right? That like that new fresh start that people are feeling, experiencing, Mm -hmm. excited about, especially after year like 2020. Yep. um, Just kind of felt like it was just like, bye, like just gone, like poof, you know? I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, definitely. I will say like actually like the clock striking midnight and going into 2021 I was very much like, okay, we're in 2021. Why did I have this hope that that things would feel different? Like, why did I think that like 20, the the clock strikes midnight. It's 2021. Every, all the shit from 2020 (laughs) is gone. I don't know why. I think it's, you know, human nature, wishful thinking. Yeah. But I think it's also like, that's what happens every year right like every year every year we're used to being like new year new Mm -hmm. you like all that stuff and I think it's just normal for us to to want that yeah and and realizing that it's still the same so yeah the fresh start effect when Emily Aries was on she mentioned that yeah the fresh start effect is super seductive Mm -hmm. and I think that we all were seduced by 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 uh individual fresh start him or herself uh and then lived through last week and it was like sorry no just kidding you thought 2021 was going to start nicely and we were going to like sail into a new year peacefully uh yeah no so if you haven't noticed uh we are going to use the capital riots as a springboard for today's topic we're not going to recap the events of what happened i have a feeling anyone listening to the show uh not only knows what happened (laughs) is still being bombarded by images of what happened. I mean, watching it on a loop all week and all weekend. Too much. How, exactly. Like, how can you not know what happened? Uh, if you are anything like me and, like, located a couple gray hairs in your head and ripped them out, I'm right there with you. I feel you, sister or brother. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I found two white hairs this oh, year, geez. and I freaked out. <laughs> We all just aged really quickly in the span of a week. Like, who knew? Right. And I remember being on a walk. We were texting when this all started. We were, like, in true Alana and Jackie fashion, like, we were just having a little love fest between each other. (laughs) That's true. And this started. and, And I think you were like, do you know what's happening, like, at the Capitol? And I was like... Yes, like I, it, it, a part of me wanted to block it out to believe that this was not happening, but at the right. same time, like it was, you couldn't look away, and I, 
I think I, I now think of ovaries differently because I believe it was in that text where you were like, what's going on? And I was like, I know girl, shit is crazy. Keep your head on them ovaries. Like I'll talk to you later. And now I, <laughs> and now I, I somehow ovaries and the capital riots capital. are weirdly associated in my mind. Wow. Interesting. I mean, well, I'm glad that, that, that there's some association between the two. Um, cause I mean, ovaries are a hot topic in the Capitol as well. Right. Well, I do feel like watching it as a woman, it was one experience and watching it as a woman of color was a di- or sorry, a person of color was a, a separate experience. So we can actually, we'll get to that in later and later on in the episode, but did you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, hearing you say that, um, I actually identified way more with watching it as a person of color. Mm. Um, I think I think when it comes to politics and government, mm. I tend to go with the the minority, the marginalized groups sure. that because maybe it's just something I've experienced more often in my life. Like that's colored mm-hmm. my, that's colored my life more sure. than being a woman um, in, in that sense. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. And then, and then as a woman, I was just, I just, I was, uh, you know, appalled that like, Absolutely. that, that our president would, would allow and, 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 and edge on um, um, something like this. So anyways, that, that's, yeah, it's kind of. It, it was more like, yeah, it was more like, you know, if this was, if this was any other color but white, mm. it would have been day and night, right? Like everyone was saying. Sure. Um, sure, sure. And then you know, having a president like that um, is 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 quite is quite incredulous. So, um, how what were your thoughts? Yeah, I. hearing you sort of measure watching it as a person of color versus measuring it as a woman, I think because the crowd was so overwhelmingly male. (laughs) Yes, that's true too. So, I mean, I realized there were a couple of women peppered in. Yes, I'm not saying that that women are not capable of this kind of behavior, but it was so overwhelmingly male. And you just saw that traditional masculinity at its worst on display there was something quite triggering about that uh i think also because as a black person seeing large displays of white rage when white people perceive themselves as becoming less powerful like that's not a new image for me Mm, i see so I, i think that being a woman i was rattled because the white rage didn't surprise me yeah. Like we've been dealing with that since the civil Forever. rights movement, if not before. Right. Um, I did, and switching gears just a little bit, I did also realize, though, in the watching of the riots at the Capitol, I don't know if you feel like this, but I did realize that I had a slight, slight desensitivity to riots. And I think mm. I attribute that to growing up in Los Angeles. Mm. Because I still remember the Rodney King riots of 1992. Right. I I was born. I was born that year, so I didn't get to experience. I was a baby. Lucky you. Lucky you. <laughs> but, but, but I but I've seen it. I've heard stories. Um, you know, I've I've you know done my research on it, and it it, it was intense. I mean, yeah. I mean, even like the Watts riots, which happened uh, in the sixties. I wasn't obviously around for that, but I anytime you mention Watts in a black household or black neighborhood, you can't not hear about the Watts riots. Right. 
and and how they started, which echoed how the Rodney King riots began. Mm-hmm. And um, also, LA goes hard for their sports teams. LA yes. riots when we win, and we riot when we lose. I think I've said this on the show before. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, fun fact, the Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA championship and this year and right. after we won, 76 people were arrested. Right. I for- remember that. Cause yeah. Cause it was happening around the same time and that everything was going on. I remember watching like by the, sta- not Staples Center. What is it now? Um, no, I don't even know. No key. Is it still Staples Center? The riots this year or yeah, this riot- year like- that happened after the Lakers won. It was, I believe it was still the Staples Center, even though the NBA championship was played in Florida. Oh, right. Exactly. That's, that's what, that's, that's what was, the mind fuck. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. I remember like seeing, seeing footage of downtown and in, in downtown of people like, you know, wearing Laker jerseys and like cars doing like donuts and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, because they were in the bubble. If you can think back to, oh my God, it feels like forever ago. Yeah, if you can think back to the NBA bubble, they weren't even here and LA was going off. And like, Mm -hmm. that's when we win. 76 people were arrested when we won an NBA championship (laughs) in another state. Lordy Lord. when we lose. Like, I'm a sore loser and I know part of it is because LA is not good at losing and I'm a sore loser, I think, because of it. Um, so, so this episode, we're going to be talking about our reactions to watching the riots uh, as women and as people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, shall we put our money where our mouth is? Let's put our money where our mouth is. Um, all right, I'm going to go first. Um, actually, I haven't highlighted a company, spotlighted a company um we have actually we have because we've worked with them, John Mark Collection. Woohoo! Uh, yeah. Shout out, but Nunchi. I hope I'm saying this right. Nunchi Masks, N U U N C H I Mask, is a family-owned business based out of Michigan that specializes in making face masks and accessories. Ooh. They aim to make beautiful masks that people enjoy wearing and will protect them through the pandemic. Um, their hanbok masks are made with traditional satin found locally in Korea and have become a way for people to learn about and appreciate Korean culture. Um, their goal is to make Korean culture more accessible and create opportunities for people to connect on a deeper level. They are on, um, you can visit their shop on Etsy or you can find them on Instagram at Nunchi Mask for the latest shop update updates and mask tips. So there's their beautiful masks. Um, they they're just like so many different beautiful designs um so i wanted to shout them out because we all still need masks yep and everyone is still buying them Mm -hmm. um and if we can buy one that we can re re keep reusing because we don't want to just keep you know disposing of them there's been so much waste this year as well in terms of mask like i've seen images of like animals stuck in them and it just breaks my heart um Oh, another tip: If you guys ever do dispose of your disposable mask, cut the cut the cut the loop behind your ear. Um, oh, I yeah, didn't it, know that. it helps just not get stuck in things and in animals. Um, oh. Just for future reference, one little like tiny snip could help a lot because you never know where that mask's gonna end up, right? Um, oh my since- god! Look at you, hot naturalista <laughs> take. I love it because I never a hundred and a hundred. 
I 100% would not have thought about that. So Right. right. Actually, my you. mom told me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so right. We should do that. So yeah. Um, there you go, guys. And check them out. Um, I'm, I'm on their Etsy store. I'm definitely going to order something from them because I have I, – I don't have – I have, like, one or two um, mm. fabric reusable ones, but I feel like I want, like, at least one more to go with my outfits. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, Absolutely. So check them out. Um, support Asian businesses. Um, small businesses, women businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. What you got? It was interesting. When I started this year, I was like, huh, I need to shop for this, 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 and I need to get some new masks. Just because I don't think that, at least for me, I don't think I'm going to stop wearing masks because yeah. I think it's an extra tool in the toolkit for when you're not feeling well and you have to go out in public. And now that we've lived with wearing masks for so long, why not, why not stop? I mean, right, why like, stop? You well, know, there was there was never a mask culture here, right? Remember, I think we right. touched, we touched upon the, about this on our mask episode where you wore a yeah. mask on the airplane and people were looking at you funny, like, huh? Yeah. yeah. And in Taiwan and Asia, there's like it's a it, there's mask it's a mask culture. Like people just wear masks. I guess I never thought about a mask culture. Yeah. Like, like in that sense. Do you right. know what I mean? Right. But I think that actually hearing you say that, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Because I think, you know, Americans are like, oh, Asian people wear masks. That's an Asian culture thing. Right. But now it's actually, no, no, no. Like, this is its own standalone culture. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm giving Asian culture all the credit because y'all had it right way before we did. But also there is a nice, there is a nice camaraderie and freedom and feeling of badassery in wearing masks. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Asian people. Thank you for that. Less chapstick to be worn. Oh, less makeup. Cause you're only really focusing on your eyes. No one sees down here. Yeah. Yep. Ooh. I love a red lip, but maybe right. 2021 is the year of the eye for me. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Get creative. Exactly. Um, okay, so hey girl, hey. Monday is MLK Day. And that means it's the first holiday of the year, and it's a sign that Black History Month is drawing closer. And if you are still in need of MLK Day plans, I suggest that you grab yourself a bag or two or three of popcorn from Project Pop and watch the Ava DuVernay masterpiece, Selma. I mean, I'm just saying, keep your mind going and your belly full. Uh, Project Pop is known for Mm -hmm. their vegan organic kettle corn. And they believe that snacking should be nutritious and delicious. Uh, yes. And it will ship right to your door. So yeah, they're known for their kettle corn. Um, they've also got 24 karat gold popcorn, which is so black and I am so obsessed. And now that I know that gold popcorn exists, I want it by the truckloads. Um, but they also have a peppermint kettle corn as well. Never a a thought combo I would Mm, think of. Love peppermint, peppermint. Jack, Project Pop. It's Maybe it's going to be popping for you. I'm just it saying. It is. Uh, Project Pop is also partnering for Black History Month with People Over Profit. And so there you could buy People Over Profit popcorn. You could buy People Over Profit swag on their website. Um... And in the research for this, as per Yelp reviews, I think that they're also doing something for their local community. This is a black owned business. It's in Florida, in Orlando. And I think a 
as per June, I don't know if this is still happening, but in June they were doing um, a portion of each bag of popcorn sold goes to a food bank that oh, helps to so nice. feed kids. So there's a philanthropic angle to this as well. Again, that was in June. My guess is that if that was happening, then it probably is still happening now um, because these are black women who love kids and, and are giving us delicious popcorn. Mm. So get your mask on. Get a bag of popcorn. Get your MLK plans together. If you need them, there you are. Also, Black History Month drawing closer. If you want some plans for that, I can. we can like suggest some to you through this month mm-hmm. as well. But Definitely. Um, yeah, going to drop these links in show notes. And shall we talk about what's the difference between a protest and a riot? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so just to start, we're going to define the actual difference. I feel like protest and riot are two of those kinds of words that everyone sort of defines a little bit differently. Yeah, and and they're almost like let's get into it. Go on. I yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say it as we go on. No problem. So, uh a protest, as per Merriam-Webster, is usually organized, it's usually a public demonstration of disapproval. It's usually organized, and it generally is to show disapproval for some sort of law or policy or idea or general state of affairs. You can look at the Black Lives Matter protest and see, oh, got it, they're protesting the injustices of the, of the treatment of Black people everywhere. You can even go all the way back to the civil rights movement. The message has not changed. We were still fighting injustices in the 60s. We are still fighting them now in 2020 and 2021. Crazy. I know. A riot, on the other hand, uh, as per the Federal Anti-Riot Act of 1968, defines the term riot in part as, quote, a public disturbance involving an act or acts of violence by one or more persons of an assemblage of three or more persons, Hmm. which act or acts shall constitute a clear and present danger of or shall result in damage or injury to the property of another person or to the person of another individual. End quote. So, and also tied in with that. So in America, we don't like to disturb the peace. Let's just like boil it down. Disturbing the peace is not a thing that uh, Americans like. Mm -hmm. Uh, So a riot is a direct uh, threat to that. And also Mm -hmm. tied up in this definition of what a riot is as per the Federal Anti-Riot Act, it also prohibits things like interstate travel or the use of interstate commerce. So things like mail, telephone, telegraph. This was definitely a 1968 act because they're saying telegraph. <laughs> Radio or TV. So you can't use those things to start a riot or help someone else start a riot. Because, you know, friends don't help friends start riots. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And... um Speaking of MLK, Martin Luther King has a big quote, and he says, quote, a riot is the voice of the unheard, Hmm. which I hear that quote a little bit differently after living through the riots on the Capitol. Oh, my God. You you, you like literally said the words out of pulled the, the words out of my brain. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah. I mean, it's one of Dr. King's. I don't want to say most famous quotes. He has many famous quotes, but. Hearing that and prepping for this episode and, and thinking it in my mind and prep for this, 
I just, I, I couldn't help but think voices of the unheard. We, we hear white rage in the United States. White rage right. has been heard for decades. Yeah. And, I mean. Yeah, go for it. No, you, you go, you go. We've heard white rage for decades. So this, this quote, um, hits me in a, a, a difficult place and I'm not quite sure how to recategorize it in my mind because I do think that Dr. King has a point there, but after living through the events of the Capitol, that quote has been colored for me completely differently. I agree. I think too, maybe when that quote was spoken, you know, white people never rioted. Like if anything, it was the... Well, they rioted against us rioting. If you like, oh, I see. If, yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I guess maybe where that quote is coming from is like who, who, who like started or or decided to protest and riot is because they were unheard, essentially. In uh, a way, I see what you're saying. And, I see and what you're re- saying. And the retaliation or the reaction to that is obviously to riot back. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, after what happened at the Capitol, I do look at it slightly different because it was just a big group of Trump supporters, you know, um, like there was <laughs> no- extremists. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like there wasn't sure. anything that incited that in terms of like black people mm-hmm. or, or, or they were, I mean, obviously they were, they didn't want Biden to become president. Right. Like, um, and they wanted to kill Mike Pence. Like, let's just also throw that in there. Right. <laughs> Which is like, what is, what, what is going on? I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, okay, so let's, let's get into it. So that's the, the difference, sure. right? Definitely, um, yeah. Could you say that sometimes protests become riots? Oh, yeah. For because, sure. I think, right. that, yeah, go for it. Well, I'm just saying because often not oftentimes, but what we've seen in this past year is like something may start out peaceful, something may start mm. out, um, you know, nonviolent, um, just a public demonstration, and because sure. of people being angry and 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 whatever escalates, um, it ends up becoming violent and people's businesses or people become um, Mm -hmm. injured, right? Sure, definitely. I think that that also boils down to like people's intentions. Because I think that you can absolutely have the the, the best of intentions. I don't think anyone at the Capitol riot had good intentions. Let me just be very, very clear about that. Um, I'm not defending that at all. I think all of those people were, all of those extremists were wrong. Um, But I have heard theories about when it comes to protest peaceful protest is great and is effective but if you want to get news media if you want to get coverage if you want to get people fired up i have also heard the theory of property damage being a way to do that because uh property ownership is such a foundational part of of being an American and is such a foundational mm-hmm. part of the United States is owning property owning this country right and so when we see property ownership it spurns us into action whether good bad or questionable because it strikes us at our very American core mm-hmm. I own this and you destroyed this sort right, of like, thing 
Right, right. I can see that for sure. I think also protests and riots, it's worth noting that protests and riots can have different outcomes, but the potential to lead to societal change uh, is sort of equal among both. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I also think that different generations have ways of looking at protesting or rioting. You can take like the civil rights movement of the 60s and those activists who aimed for peaceful protest and pushed for equality. And they believed that nonviolent organizing was the way to go since during the civil rights movement, they were looking to do no harm while enhancing the message of the movement. Um, That is in stark contrast if you flash forward 30 years to the Rodney King riots where that was a very violent reaction to the brutality of Rodney King. And it was a direct result partially of also our society changing and things being caught on camera Mm -hmm. because we were able to exactly. Yeah. If you can think back to a camcorder, like camcorder and ownership of cameras was put starkly into public view because of the Rodney King riots. Um, but I also don't want to say that that peaceful protesting dominated the 60s, because that's not totally true. The Watts riots were not peaceful, were not a peaceful protest, and it went on for five days. Right. And that was sparked by uh, the brutalization of a of an unarmed black man named Marquis Fry. So there's some like echoes there. But then if you go from Rodney King, flash forward another 30 years to the Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor protests. A thing that remains consistent is that we're still fighting for the same thing. Yeah, uh, that 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 theme is, is quite obvious, right? That, sure. that we are fighting for the same things because the same things keep happening, right? Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be these protests if innocent Black lives weren't being taken from sure. from from them and and so and so i think people have been using i also like all over the news people have been using this word interchangeably right at times mm. um and and i think yes. we have to yes. look at it's so easy to say like oh all these black people are writing right it's so easy to just be like well what happened on the capitol you know was started out as a protest and mm-hmm. blah 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 and it's mm-hmm. so easy to just um diminish what it really was because they were starkly different, you know, things that were happening during the Black Lives Matter movement um, and things that happened on the Capitol Hill. And so I think we have to, to also, you know, look at things in, in in that sense and in a very, it can be very, there is a lot of gray area, but it it is, it it is to be honest, very black and white, you know? Sure. And it, that's a good point that you bring up because I do think how someone's opinion of a movement. So if you are with the Black Lives Matter movement, you're less likely to think of it as protesting you're, or as rioting. You're going to think of that as protesting because you're on the right side of justice or you're on the right side of a movement and of a, a society that's changing. However, if you are pro-Trump and you are a Trump extremist, you probably saw what happened on the Capitol and you were like, Great. That's just protest. That's good old fashioned American protest. We're just speaking our first, speaking our minds, first amendment, right. Right. Um, and terrorizing people in the process. Right. 
Just saying. So, I mean, so shall we? Yes. You mean what? Tell me. Tell me what you I, mean. I was just going to say, like, I feel like the people who are in place to protect us mm-hmm. also have a lot to do with that. Yes. <laughs> and Tacitly support it. Right. And so if you are just letting people in to the Capitol um, versus like flat out arresting someone or hurting someone or tear gassing a, a black person because of, sure. of of their walking, right? Of whatever it may be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, th- that that can also incite a riot. Makes can be a big, big difference between a riot and, and a protest. Sure. So we have to look at, I feel like it's important to look at these things from all angles and all sides because there's so many factors that are part of it. And, and until we can just really look at that things from different angles we can Mm -hmm. you know we can see things differently in that way well let's look from some angles shall we can we just take a minute and look at it from the female perspective from the female angle let's do it um because i was frightened by what we saw at the capitol but not shocked Because seeing angry white men with guns and zip ties attacking police or anyone really who dared to stand in their way is not something new. It's definitely turned up to a 12 in terms of um, anger and in terms of energy behind it. But we were also watching the essence of traditional masculinity at its most harmful. Mm hmm. And we said it on the show before that traditional masculinity is bad for both women and men. And the Capitol riots are proof positive of that. I do think the quote unquote good thing about seeing that kind of male rage broadcast on TV is that it wasn't just triggering for women, but it was also triggering for men as well. And it did get conversations going about what does it mean to be a strong man? Because because that was Donald Trump's message to his people was we have to be strong. Um, and now, as we know, the way he uses the word strong is really dog whistle for like a dominant. Right, and right. By Do whatever you want. Asserting your male power. Yes, right, exactly. Yes. Just, just take what you want. No consequences. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I think when people are triggered, conversations happen and they've started to happen. Um, I have a wonderful quote here. Quote, it's a reminder of the everyday stresses that come with living in a world that's shaped by masculinity, specifically white masculinity. And that there's still so much work to do and that your wellness comes second to their expression of dominance, which they see as their right. And that was a quote from Kristen Barber, who's a, a sociology professor at Southern Illinois University Carbondale and editor of the journal for men and masculinities. Mm. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say that for women who have experienced trauma because of male violence, whether emotionally or physically uh, watching the protests at the, or the, the insurgency, I should say at the Capitol uh, was post-traumatic stress disorder a hundred percent. It was incredibly triggering for a lot of women. I think as a collective, it was triggering for women because violence against women is so commonplace in this country. And when we look at our constitution, we have been bought and sold on the idea that everyone has the same uh, constitutional right to safety and to their protection of safety. And we know that's not true. 
We know that's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the riots at the Capitol very much uh, validate that. Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think that, you know, as a woman and, and the experiences we've had, the experiences we've lived, um, especially as a woman of color, is is very very different. Um, we experience it, I think, at all facets of our lives. And I think even also like, sure. I, like seeing some women in there, you know, um, also exercising their right as a white woman, right, was was, mm-hmm. was very like, saddening to me. And, and sure. at the same time, like you said, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't shocked. And, and the fact that we've become so What's the word? It's not used. We've become so not numb. What is it when you're like, it's, it's not surprising anymore. And I think realizing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, I, realizing that I wasn't surprised. Oh, like the, the normalcy um, of, of that yes. feeling, right? That like that normalized feeling of sure. like, oh, I clearly know that they're not looking out for me. I clearly know that I will come second, third, fourth, yep. fifth in, in how I'm paid and how I'm treated and everything. Sure. Um, sure. says a lot about how much work we still have to do. Right. Um, and the fact that people yeah. were like, they were like having fun. Like I, I was, I don't know about you, but it, but it was like, they went to Disneyland. Like it was like, I like mm-hmm. they were like having a great jolly old time. Yeah. But that's, but that's the, 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 that is the fear and the, the the scary part about what we saw at the Capitol was that so much of what we saw was a performance of masculinity. And come hell or high water, I have to defend my masculinity and you have to do it by being tough and you have to do it by being strong and no one can dominate you. Like you have to be dominant. I do not think it is any coincidence that a lot of these angry white men stormed, tore apart, took pictures in, stole from Nancy Pelosi's office, but were but didn't do it to Chuck Schumer. Right. Or didn't do it to um other male right uh, other males who were working and who are part of our government. I think right. that you saw an express vitriol towards Nancy Pelosi and I don't just believe it's because she's the speaker of the house and is on the side of Joe Biden. I also believe that for a lot of men, it is because she is a woman mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we are still at a place in this country where there are still large swaths of men that do not like being told what to do by women mm-hmm. point blank. They'll, they'll be told what to do by a black person. We saw that with Obama, mm-hmm. but by a woman, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're you're speaking the truth here, and it's just incredibly frustrating and incredibly saddening. Um, and I think that's why we have to keep speaking up. We have to keep fighting mm-hmm. the good fight. We have to keep demanding yeah. that our needs and our rights be met. You know, like yeah. come on. I mean, sure. I mean, we can get real fired up about this, but that that's just basic human rights yes totally i will say i I will shut up about this like this this was the the part that fired me up uh and then we can move to the next section but i will say after watching these riots i made a promise to myself that i will not let male anger 
intimidate me from doing the work that has to be done. Cause I do mm-hmm. think a lot of this is if I can show you how angry I am, if I can show you how forceful I can be and how dominant I can be, we as women have been conditioned to back down. Mm-hmm. And I think if we take back those reins of conditioning and say, you know what? No, your anger is scary, but so is mine. Right. Your right. angry, your anger might be validated. I'm going to make mine valid as well mm-hmm. because just because we live in a world that says white people are more important, specifically white men are more important and more powerful than other races and other genders. I also know that white men who want to stay in power get very agitated when women of color, people of color are making progress that they think should belong to them. The they being white people. Mm -hmm. So in a way I refuse to be, um, scared because I know that my fear fires them up and I don't want to fire them up. I want to fire up my own progress and not hamper it. Right, right. Absolutely. I think the key is like, it, it is that that striking that balance between like understanding how the world works. Sure. Um, obviously, <laughs> understanding like, understanding yep. the history, knowing your numbers, right? Knowing how subtle these discriminations, these sexist, these misogynistic practices are permeated in every area of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, Taking back our power, knowing yep. ourselves, um, knowing our sovereignty, like that is really, really important as women to be in mm-hmm. touch with that. And sure. I think a lot of times we're not taught, right? We're not taught to get in touch with our power. And mm-hmm. I think it starts from there. It starts from a place of knowing that you are powerful, knowing that you have this inherent worth just because you're alive. Sure. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like we don't, don't, don't ever, um, bow down, um, to, to any of that and, and just know that, that you have, you have it. It's inside of us, you know? Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. Shall we move on to the, the minority perspective? Oh boy. (laughs) I'm gonna let you kick this one off since I know you you came at it and it, it meant more to you in this perspective. I'm handing the reins over to you. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Lord. First of all, I had like there was a point where I just like I was laughing because I was so embarrassed for our country. I was like embarrassed to be American. Like I was I thought about all the immigrants that have come here and and worked so hard to to give to this country, to mm-hmm. make and pave a way for their children that couldn't have what, give their children what they don't have, to make all these sacrifices, to then have to deal with this bullshit, this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, as an I'll immigrant, mm-hmm. you're not thinking about the capital. You're not thinking about, you're putting, you're thinking about if your kid can go to college, you're thinking about food on the table, you're thinking Survival. about- Survival. Yeah. And, and, it, yeah. and, it, and the fact that it's, it, it's like a luxury for these people, like they have nothing to do, right? So they're just mm-hmm. gonna listen to what Trump said. And then because they're bored and they're home all day, they're like, oh yeah, might as well. Let's just go storm the Capitol. Like we have nothing else to do. Like it's so insulting. Like, like I can't even like totally 
I just totally it, during yeah. the Rodney King riots, you heard white people being like, "Look at these black people! They are burning down their neighborhood. Look at these black people destroying where they live. How dare they! Look at these white people trashing the Capitol!" Right. Like, like, let's be real, and let's also not hide the fact that a lot of what went into these riots is the feeling that white people are becoming less powerful. Mm-hmm. And you saw that fear on display in the mm-hmm. swaths of white men who refused to accept the structural, political, and social demographic changes that are happening right now. Yeah. And instead of doing the hard work and accepting those changes, because we had a free and fair election point blank. So yeah, this dude, whole people, like. <laughs> people, like. Hello, people have spoken their mind. Um, yeah. The results are extremely obvious. Sure. You know, and it's sure. extremely it's extremely frightening. And it was a huge reflection of America at its core. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I literally thought like, okay, if it gets really bad in a couple years, I will flee America. Like, I will go back to Asia. Like, I had that. My thought. fiance has said something very similar. I had that thought several times because I'm grateful that I have family and citizenship in other areas Mm -hmm. besides America. But I was like, dude, I will leave because I cannot be a part or live in a place where when you don't like the results of an election, you feel like you have the right to go and stop it. Like that fundamentally is scary. Sure. 100%. Oh, Absolutely. And let's be real, violent displays of white power when white people are angry about a system that they think is unjust is nothing new. We've seen these displays uh, from white people before. This is white rage. Right. 100%. This is white rage. Um, And I mean, let's be real, how we got Donald Trump was the reaction to how white people, racist white people, felt about Obama. Oh, Black people are getting progress. Black p- people are making change and getting ahead. Oh, no, no, no. We have to stifle this because white people must remain in power no matter what. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that feel like when minorities gain something, white people are losing something. Yeah, like what is that all about? Like I just don't – I don't understand that. Like if anything, you're gaining more. <laughs> Well, because there's a lot of white people out there that whose whose belief in whiteness is solely based on I'm better if I am pushing someone else down. I am better if I am standing on the back of someone else to lift myself up. These are the people that believe if there is racial equity, that the country is not going to be fair to them. Fair right. meaning they're not going to have any benefits. Because everyone is being treated fairly and everyone has equality. Yeah. I mean, I I, like, I I hear you and I just get frustrated because my perspective and my experience has been so different. My lived experience from like traveling, like we don't like there are like the fact that race and religion and it's such a big deal here in America. It's Mm -hmm. such a problem. Like out of all the problems in the entire world, race is like... It just feels to me like 
so like and I get it like I get like where it comes from because obviously I've studied and I've done the work but it just feels so juvenile like can we please stop talking about who's black and who's white and who's brown and can we just please get on with our lives and get healthier and get happier and move past this color issue you know but our country does our country does not want us to to see beyond race because let's be real uh, the real problem in this country is it's the it's the money divide it's the haves and the have-nots our country would rather us focus on the the differences of race and keep us separated because if we just focus on race we're not going to focus on the class inequality right right we're not going to move on Right. Because in reality, those class inequalities, they include people of all colors, white people as well. Some of the white people who were storming the Capitol are also the white people who are affected by these these unequal economic imbalances. Right. right, And what they have been told is your whiteness is your value. You you have nothing else. Mm -hmm. You have your whiteness. Mm-hmm. Black people ain't got that. Asian people ain't got that. Mexican people ain't got that. Value your whiteness. And that is how white supremacy hurts white people. Oh God, you said it's so like if only they could, if only they understood that what they believe in and what they stand for and what they're doing is actually hurting themselves more yeah. than anything else. Because like you said it, you said like the truth is that they you're right. They want us to stay focused on race. Mm-hmm. They want they want race to always be the thing that drives sure. us apart. They want race to always be the big deal that everyone's racist, that this and that. And so therefore, we actually can't move forward as a country. Yeah, we can't you know? address the economic imbalance, which is actually the problem. Because our country wants us to, wants to keep us divided and focused on race, which is great for us in a show like you and I that you and I have because we could talk all day, <laughs> but right? Like, right. But let's really like pull the the rug up and like sweep the shit out from under it. You don't want us focusing on race, or you don't want us focusing on economics. You want us focusing on race. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Let's do Ugh. some call to action, shall we? I've got two good ones that I think have landed for me. If you want me to go first, I will. You go first because I don't even know where I'm at with all this. Sure. So so uh, f- from a female perspective, I would like to challenge our female listeners to not look to men to make us feel safe. Mm. I know that our president would like for us to believe that the people who stormed the Capitol were uh, protecting America and protecting and whatever. White male protection has left us vulnerable, unsafe, (laughs) and... um, Worse. (laughs) Yeah, and emotionally raw in the process. And I challenge women to not look outside of ourselves to feel safe, but let's look inside of ourselves to feel safe because traditional notions of masculinity and the man box have to be dismantled. And that work is not happening fast enough. No, not nearly as fast enough. So if that's not happening, ladies, we have to gather ourselves and go, Mm -hmm. what is it that keeps us safe? And that keeps us feeling physically and emotionally protected Mm -hmm. because if, because it ain't men. We saw at the nation's capital, masculinity is harming men and women. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to to uh, 
be unsafe because of it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you kind of said what I was feeling already, and that's kind of that's you know that's always my mo or my um the way I live my life is like there's so much that is out of our control, right? Mm-hmm. And there is no if we change who's in charge or it starts from the bottom or starts from the top and it'll trickle down. Like we all sure. know that. Sure. In in a perfect world, I would love that. I would love for it to just be like, we got a new president. Everything's going to be awesome. We're good to go. But the truth is that that hasn't happened in all of our mm-hmm. history. <laughs> um, and so I think similar to what you said is if you want to see change, you have to do it. Sure. Um, and that like, and I, I and I'm stressing that because it actually takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of awareness, mm-hmm. um, awareness of your thoughts, awareness of your habits, awareness of your patterns, um, your history, uh, the country's history, and and I think to to not give in, like we were saying, to not give in to what they want. It's like they yeah. put the, they put the landmines there, yeah, um, and don't step on them. Don't step on them. Like even when you see them, even when you know that you're heading towards it, just don't give in. Don't go there. Don't spread the negativity. Don't believe the fake news. Do your research. Like become like almost become your own like little form of government. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes. I do know. Yeah, absolutely. And and that'll give you strength and that'll give you power and that'll give Mm -hmm. you resolve. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what we need more than ever now, especially during these this year again it's just there's so much uncertainty that we have to learn to count on ourselves um and to count on the people we love and the kind of people that we trust and so i'm always for that like that's that's like what i like want to preach all the time (laughs) (laughs) preach on preach on i'm here (laughs) uh my final call to action uh is not to let white rage stop minority progress so for me i will not let white rage stop black progress for you not letting white rage stop asian progress or differently abled progress or hispanic progress i'm saying this because white rage is triggered when white people see black people or minorities doing well Mm -hmm. that's when we see white rage just like go crazy right 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 And if we allow the fear of white rage when we're progressing to stop our progress, they win. Mm -hmm. And I challenge us to not allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. Was that scary what happened at the Capitol? Absolutely. Let me not sit here and make it seem like I'm superwoman. I'm definitely not. But Mm -hmm. is it clear also that people of color and women progressing is making white people uncomfortable and they are reacting in ways that we should be um, aware of? Yes, because these actions are totally corrosive and it's visible violence. But it's also violence that we can fight if we as minorities band together and stay banded together. Because we're only getting multi-ethnic, we're only getting more diverse, more. we're only becoming more, yeah. Look, like it's we're not honestly, going back. It's only a matter of time, right? Sure. It's only a matter of time until 
white people become the minority. Okay. True. And if you want to think globally, like mm-hmm. I haven't looked it up, but if you just take China and India, white people might already be the minority. And so it's only a matter of time. And I hope you and I are well and alive when we can say, say and, and experience a time where, you know, um, where we're all even and we're all mm-hmm. the same and it doesn't matter. And the truth is, is that it's just, it's just gonna, it's just gonna keep going. It's like white people, you either accept it now and right. you change your lives or sure. you're going to be forced to anyways, because you know, everything is changing. That's the yeah. way of life. And either way, we're not waiting for you. We waited for you in the 90s to get on board and catch up. Right. You took a a while or maybe didn't even entertain the argument. It's 2021, boo. We're not waiting for you anymore because we have shit to do. Right. And we're making babies. So, hello. (laughs) We're changing the world. We're holding government office. Like, we have a lot of things happening and convincing you that these inequalities exist is not one of those things. No, not at all. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's just, it's like I said, it's only a matter of time and these times might be tough, but we like, again, we have to hang in there. We have to lean on the people we love and trust and know and, and uh, know ourselves, especially above, above all else. Sure. Um, Yeah. So yeah, guys. Yeah. I'll leave you guys with a rhetorical question as well. Um, What does it mean to be a strong man? And what does it mean to be a strong woman? just throwing it out there journal that prompt is, journal exa- prompt meditation prompt i'm just saying Walking if you meditation. have ideas about what those things are and you have a, a little baby boy who will be a Ew. man eventually start doing the work to make sure that his generation or if you have a young girl and she will eventually grow up to be a strong woman start raising your kids in the way that that you uh would be happy to stand along and say yes i raised a strong man, I raised a strong woman and I can be very, very proud of that. I I saw the change I wanted and I created it. That's beautiful. Well said. Thank you. That is our episode. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. If you want to find us on Instagram, we are on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast. Uh, However, if you want to reach out to us individually, I am Alana Webster on the gram. However, they call me, I'm sorry, I'm Alana Webster. (laughs) However, on the gram, they call me Renegade of Fun. I am Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram. We're also on Spotify podcast and Apple podcast. Um, Please go on there, rate and review us. It helps keep this little baby going. Let us know what you guys thought about this episode. Reach out, DM us. We're here. We want to hear your thoughts. And have a wonderful, wonderful week, you guys. Yeah. Don't let white rage scare you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay strong. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) 